0: Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of The Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I wanna thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9, 30, and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this, turn up the volume, and let's go. So the church, uh, the Courageous Church, is uh, 10 years old last year, and with that comes the need to look at the heart and the expression of the heart of the church and make sure that it's clear enough that everybody can run with the vision, right? Like the vision, there's principles about vision, but one of the principles about vision is write the vision, make it plain, Habakkuk 2 and 2, I believe, so that the people that hear it can run with it. Like you have to understand what you're doing in order to get there, and many times people will think they've achieved a goal, but they were shooting at the wrong target. And so today, I wanna to give you a sense of our heart as a church and the values that we have that make us unique. Every church is unique. Now, it could be by design or by default, but definitely every church that you're a part of or you've ever been to is unique, and you can feel it, taste it, touch it, sense it when you drive up on the parking lot, and each one's different, and that's what the beauty of the body of Christ. Every expression of God's kingdom around the world has a different flavor. You go to church in Scotland, they're breaking it down with the bagpipes, right? The men are wearing skirts and it's all good. You go to Africa, they have amazing rhythm when it comes to worship. You go to the Caribbean, a lot of the songs sound the same. You know, you go to America, sometimes it's a little sleepy and there's organs, other times it's, they got flags. Like there's all kinds of expressions of the church and the church is beautiful in all of its forms, right? The church, the kingdom of God, the bride of Christ, is beautiful in all its forms. For example, like if I'm, you know, you put me on a desert island somewhere and there's one church and they, you know, they chant and they 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 light candles and they preach the Bible, I'm down. You put me in the hills of western Kentucky and it's Hillbilly Church, as long as Jesus is preaching, there's no snakes, I'm down. Right? Like you put me in the inner city. And there's an expression of the church that ministers to the community that is there. I'm down. As long as Jesus is preached and as long as Jesus is central, we ought to be down because we are believers in Jesus. And and there's some values that we have, our values haven't changed, but our expression of them has, we've worked to simplify, clarify, and personalize those values. I'm going to be sharing them with you today. Value number one for the courageous church is this. We put Jesus first. Say it with me. We put Jesus first. In the sense that this church would not exist except that he wants it to exist. This church should have died and shut up the doors and sold off the property and become a mini mall or a storage facility or a car wash if it's Springfield or a come and go if it's Springfield. But it's not. It's thriving today because Jesus decided there would be a church here and the reason Jesus rescued this church is because he came and verified and stood behind his word as it was preached. This is a Jesus church and we put we put Jesus first. Say it one more time. We put Jesus first. A couple other ones I'm going to share the rest of the time, but I want to get them in your spirit. One of the, the values of our church is we are relationally intense. In a good way, okay, in a good way. It's a phrase that came from my heart, but I want the church to be like Anybody ever been to Cedars in Springfield? Come on, be honest. We won't judge you. Okay, anybody been to Village Inn? Anybody been to Ziggy's? Anybody been to Springfield Family Restaurant? Anybody? I'm trying to think of other places. I'm just saying all those places have ketchup bottles and syrup bottles that when you touch them, it's hard to let go because they're super sticky. Right? Like I understand those of you who only eat at Mama Jean's. I get it. But the church is designed by God to be super sticky in that when you try to let it go, it's not supposed to let it go. Your, your lives become intertwined with people who know, love, and serve Jesus, who put Jesus first, just like you. And so that's what I mean when I say we're relationally intense. It's hard to let go. We are a web of, of, of faith and family and heart interconnected. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Amen. And then we are not a me first church because we seek to serve. We seek to serve. Like this is not about me. Like I don't have special parking lots, special parking places. Like I have I was at this church for 20 years until I got my own bathroom at the office. I'm so thankful for it. But then my books wouldn't fit in the office and now Renee has that office. So I got to go to her office to use my special bathroom. And I get my money's worth when I do. That was probably not professional or called for. <laughs> Welcome to the Courageous Church, we say. Well, and then uh, we don't do diva. Like there is not a, we don't have the heart that elevates some people over others. Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be a servant, which means that you look for the welfare, blessing, You look to help others before you look to help yourself. This is not a me-first movement. This is a Jesus-first movement and others-first movement that's happening here, okay? Um, And so then the last one, and I'll talk about this at other times, this this series, but we are bold, not boring. There's nothing I hate worse than a boring expression of anything. I would tell my children when they would have those God-awful choir concerts, come on, Dad, just be honest with me, (laughs) huh? I said, okay, I'm coming but you better not bore me. And so my kids heard that, took it to heart, and I have videos of of them at their <laughs> of them at their choir concerts. And and you know, I don't they broke out in air guitar solos, they danced while they were singing, none of the other kids were just my kids, right? We are bold not boring. In that, we are Uh, the kind of church that isn't going to try to stifle your personality, try to get everybody to dress the same, act the same, look the same, think the same. This ain't that kind of church. And so the, all right, we're going to clap. And so what I'm saying is the full comfort that comes from having Jesus first. Okay. The full comfort of having relationships in the church that matter and are central, the full comfort of of having the heart of a servant gives you the ability to fully express your personality and not try to hide who and what you are because God can't use you when you're hiding who you are. The church only has flavor when the people are comfortable enough to be who and what they really are. Churches are quiet and boring and unwelcoming when people have not built the comfort level they need in trusting in Jesus, trusting in others, and serving others so that they can get excited genuinely when they see somebody and say, ah, what you doing? It's so good to see you. Like you build the... I don't greet everybody that way, but I will greet some people that way. Like Bold, not boring. Say it. Bold, not boring. All right. So today I want to talk to you about putting Jesus first, all right? We are, and one of the things that we've also refined is our our statement of mission, which is this now, it doesn't really change what we're doing, but I'm trying to get everything clear enough that everybody can hear it and run with it. Our mission is this, we're courageously connecting people to Christ and community. We're courageously connecting people. This is a people movement because the souls of men and women are the only thing that are not going to pass away. Your car will burn. Your house will burn. Your lands will burn. But the thing that will not burn, that will not pass away are the souls of men and women in the word of God. We're courageously connecting people to Christ. And that's beautiful because that's what's needed. But it's not enough just to connect people to Christ. You need people in your life And so that's where small groups come in. That's where our connectedness to each other comes in. We're courageously connecting people to Christ and community. That's as as simple as we can get it. So say it with me. We're courageously connecting people to Christ and community. All right? So so, so now into the meat of my message, we put Jesus first. Uh, Jesus Christ is our everything. The goodness of what God has done in Christ is the motivation for all we do. Like I don't have another motivation other than Jesus to do this. I don't come here wanting to be seen or see others. Jesus is our motivation, right? There's no other thing that we can build upon that has any kind of lasting impact except Jesus. The world's going to burn. The news is going to burn. The internet, wherever it's at, is going to burn. Jesus is all that matters in life. And so we put Jesus first and we keep Jesus first because he is our motivation. And the reset that our heart needs is to come back to the place where we live for God. Do you live for God? It's a simple question. But but do you live for God? What are you living for? You're living for money? You're living for prestige? You're living for approval from people? Are you living for pleasure? Are you living for... What are you living for? Because ultimately all of that will be hollow one day and will pass away one day, but only what is done for Christ and it is of Christ will last. Somebody clap your hands to God this morning. It's true. And so that means that when we live for Jesus we put the why before the what he is my reason and so because i have a ring up here because he is my reason i will i will do what i do for him right and and because of that we don't we don't <laughs> this is this is so everywhere but we don't we don't behave to belong right like i am not preaching and this church doesn't preach behavior modification I'm not just trying you to do good and be good. You can't do that on your own. The only way we can do good and be good is if we give our lives and hearts to Jesus and he makes us good. That's it. Behavior modification is religion. I'll preach about moral issues. I'll preach about how we should live. But that is not where we start. We start at the cross of Christ, surrendering our life to him, he gives us a new heart, and then we just need to be instructed to do the right thing because sometimes we don't know, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and who has given us a new heart. Somebody say yeah. I'm not good enough to hate sin except that Jesus helps me to hate it. And when I do it, I hate it. And, and And I hate my sin more than I hate your sin. And that's a key to living for God. You need to hate your sin before you hate the sin of others. Because there's a lot of people that have a Ph.D. in other people's sin and a G.E.D. in their own sin. Hey, that felt so good. That felt so good to say. I'm euphoric up here in the Holy Ghost. Let me say it again. There's a lot of people that have a Ph.D. in other people's sins and a G.E.D. in their own sins. Man, it feels good to say that. I love it. Because we are most concerned about loving, serving, honoring God with our own lives and leading others. Not trying to control people. Somebody say "Man, Any of you people came from angry Christianity? Huh? Oh, you're too afraid. Oh, I got a couple. I'm looking at people that I know you were and you're not raising your hand. This is, oh, you're raising your hand. That Taliban Christianity doesn't glorify God. And so being, putting Jesus first means that you're going you're to let him have control of, of your heart. Like you're going to care about what he cares about. It means you're going to give him control of your head, which means I'm going to be open to, to thinking the thoughts that God tells me are right and true and pure, right? Like I'm going to commit myself to the word of God. Because he doesn't just have my heart, he has my head, right? You're committing your home to him, meaning that. Like it's not segmented in that we live one way at church and another way at home. Like we're all seeking to serve the Lord together, amen? And then in our priorities like we make space for jesus on our calendar and in our hands which means we serve others jesus first he is the motivation for all that we do and i don't regret one moment of the journey it was a long time ago i traded my rotten reality for a reality that god created for me and i haven't regretted it one step of the way i put jesus first And in putting Jesus first, he's blessed my money. In putting Jesus first, he's blessed my family. In putting Jesus first, he blessed my career path or calling or whatever you want to call it. Putting Jesus first will never leave you feeling regret. Now, it may not be easy, but you will not regret it. Life is quick, folks. As much as uh, modern um, and, and futuristic medical science is supposed to... Implant robots into us so we're all like Dr. Octopus from Spider Man. Like, where are you? Okay, I don't, I, I forget that we don't have a bunch of people that are interested in that. The sound booth went wild when I said it, but nobody else, like, don't know what we're talking about here. I'm 44 years old now, children. I have no clue. You're gonna have to get me alone and explain these things to me. So, like medical science is supposed to implant something in us and we reject that kind of thing because we've read the Bible and know that that's how the mark of the beast is going to happen. But, but, but with all the advances in medical science, we still only get what the Bible says to about 70 years, right? 70 years, life is quick. 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours a week, 70 years is about what we get. And, and when you think about how short that is, it just makes you want to have the kind of priorities that matter, amen. And so I'm telling you that you need to put Jesus first. And Jesus was not bashful, and He was not like, "I'd like to suggest a few life points for you today." Jesus says some stuff here in Matthew ten that will curl your hair, amen, amen. It'll, it'll, it'll. Really, it's strong. Like this is strong meat. Like I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm putting like liver and. The horseradish, this is strong meat I want you to hear, okay? Anybody ever eat liver? It has fallen by the wayside. Thankfully, it's terrible, all right? It's like organ meat. Why would you eat organ meat? Matthew ten thirty two. And this is Jesus talking, okay? Hear the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Like Jesus is coming strong here, straight out of the gate, saying that if you claim to be mine, then you cannot deny me in your life. Like anybody ever, I don't mean to, I don't mean to trifle today as God's man of faith and power for this season, but how many of you have ever had, a secondary boyfriend or girlfriend back in the day. Come on, be, be honest. I'm talking to a few people. Um, I'm, 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 I'm chatting. Oh, are we looking around? Are we looking around in God's house today? Any, anybody ever had a, a sneaky side piece, if you would? Come on, somebody. Be honest in God's house today. Renee was talking to me and another guy before we were mated. She still keeps a picture of him, people. He's in the background of another picture, but I still see him. I'm so bitter. I I Googled him the other day and looked to see if he had a police record. And I I got distracted, but I'll do it again, because I want to know. Like she convinced me to fly down from Northern Indiana to come see her in Florida. And when I got there, she broke up with me for her sneaky side piece. Wayne Loki. I haven't forgot his name. It was the worst week of my life. Here I am stuck in Florida. She kicked me to the curb and now I have to participate in her family's brand of Taliban Christianity for a week. Jesus doesn't want to be your side piece. How many of y'all? I'm talking to the players in the house. Northside, you know what I'm talking about. I, let me get over here. Oh, Northside, I'm talking to you today. You know what I mean? Like you go out and you're looking around. You're like, you see somebody you're like, oh my, I'm not. I don't want these two worlds to connect because that could be a real problem, huh? Like, like that's how many people live for the Lord Jesus. They have a a, a religious segment of their life. And I know you're trying and I'm not against that, but I'm calling on you and pulling on you toward full commitment because we put Jesus first. There is nothing as free as having no lies and no mistruths and not having to explain yourself being fully devoted to one. And that's, that's what Jesus calls us to. He said, if, you, if, you, if, if I'm your sneaky side piece, if you're denying me among men, I will deny you before my father. Jesus, that's not, that's not, that's not the perfectly manicured, perfectly conditioned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus in the beautiful white robes I read about in those little pictures. He's like, yeah, I will deny you if you deny me. I'm not playing like that. That's what real love looks like anyway. How many of you know that you... Realized you could lose that one you loved and so you got your life together in order to be with that one you loved? It's okay, don't answer. I know a lot of you did. And and Jesus is calling us to that kind of commitment where we don't just live our lives like, yeah, my options are open. My options are not open. I decided a long time ago who I would serve, who I would love, what I would do. And Jesus is calling us to that kind of commitment. When it gets snowy sometimes, I can go down the Instagram reels rat hole and I did this week as it snowed. And I saw this couple, they were probably in their 70s just making out. I mean making out, all rolled up on each other. They're married for 60 something years, rolled up on each other, on the lazy boy, wiggling, giggling, smooching. Isn't that beautiful? I'm not saying ghost. I'm not trying to turn it into a spectator sport. I'm talking about the heart behind it. Like I am fully devoted. You don't have to question my loyalty. I'm all in here. Jesus calls us to that kind of full commitment. We put Jesus first. Somebody say yeah. And then he says this in verse 37. I'm skipping to verse 37. He says, whoever loves father and mother more than me, whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then he says in verse 38, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Jesus hadn't been to the cross yet when he said this. So they were like, what? It was, it was kind of confusing for him. 39, whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is telling us that devotion to him will cause divisions with the world. Devotion to Jesus will cause divisions with the world. You won't bless what Hollywood's putting out if you are fully in, aligned with, in alignment with your heart and Jesus. You don't think drag queens are cute when you love Jesus. You don't, you don't sacrifice your children at the altar of, of, I could name a million things, but well, why don't I name some things today, how about that? Like you don't, you don't sacrifice your children's mindset for the sake of entertainment. My brother-in-law sent me a, a video uh, yesterday it cracked me up. He's got two little girls, my nieces. I am officially an uncle. Uncle Tyler in the house. people. I'm the fun, uncle. I'm the one that prepares for the child to make sure they love me the most over all the other uncles. <laughs> no apologies. All right. So he sent me a video, and he's got Jesus worship on the TV. And it's like uh, they're singing some kid's song about Jesus, and he's up there dancing and singing it with them. And he pulls out his phone and he go, he goes, "We're in full indoctrination mode today." And then he goes on singing because that's the kind of heart you need to have when it comes to the souls of your children. We are Jesus people. We don't toy with sin, we don't toy with the world, we don't toy with the kind of things that warp the minds of our children to think what God says is is not okay is okay. Gender is God's construct, marriage is God's construct. This is the Bible and it is true forever. We don't play with these things. The church is important. That was the weekend, am I preaching at an atheist convention today? Am I preaching at a, 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 is this a universe gathering to? We believe Jesus. We believe the book. Well, I'm going to come back to that. Jesus is not messing around about the need for commitment. He says in verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Listen, Jesus calls us to full commitment. For example, he says in verse 40, and, and, this, and this is how it plays out. When Jesus is first, you'll use your life to serve others. You'll use your life to care for others. Verse 40, whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a dream teamer, the one who receives a a, 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 a church volunteer, the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he's a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. All of that is saying, when you support God's people and God's work, God supports you. When you support God's people, when you support God's work, When you support God's word, God supports you. It's a beautiful truth that when you put Jesus first, he doesn't leave you hanging. And so let's see what that looks like. I'm I'm looking at 1 Kings 17 and 12. This is a story in the Old Testament because I want you to understand, putting God first opens up the blessings of heaven over our lives. Here we go, 1 Kings 17, 12. This is a woman who's about to die, who had no food, interacting with the prophet Elijah. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread left in the house. And I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil on the bottom of the jug. And I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. Okay, they got no money. They got no food, except this little bit left. They're preparing for their imminent death. They have uh, the choice of survival, taking care of mine. I mean, that's, 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 that's pretty serious. And that's the situation here. Okay. And then the Bible says in verse 13, but say, but yes. God will always come in and say, your hopeless reality can meet my uncommon solution. Hey. your hopeless reality can easily meet God's uncommon solution. 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. How insensitive, how frustrating of you to not realize we're in dire straits here. When God is in it, he'll ask you to do something that defies logic along the way, okay? Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son, 14. 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always, say always. always. When, ha, ah, you hear me right now? There was a season in life when uh, we had no money and the church was, was we, were, we were doing what we needed to do to change the church. And so it went down to nothing and we were just living on prayer. And uh, for a period of like two or three years, my brakes did never wear out and my tires never wore out. It was so bad, I would coast down the hills to get home because we had no money for gas, trying to move the church in the right direction, waiting on God. And, and, And when I see the word always, there will always, let me tell you, I'm living proof of the fact that there will always be flour and there's always gonna be olive oil left in rain, left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops go again. When you put God first, you have the promise of always. God will never lose sight of you. He'll never forget where you're at. He'll never lose sense of your address. This is the heart of God. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your container until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops go again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always, say always, when you put God first, you gotta always attach to the promise. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. God first people understand the difference between Elijah saying me first and God teaching God first. That is a God first moment because here's the deal. It wasn't about Elijah in that moment. It was about trusting in God. And many times God will ask you to do something and all you can see is the issue, but what is really at play is your trust. The big question for the believer is this. Can God be trusted? And when that answer resonates in your soul as a yes, you've opened yourself up to the always of God. He'll always come through. He'll always prove himself faithful. He always has an answer. He always will meet the need. He, has, he knows the need you have before you even ask it. And so listen, when God chooses to do something in your life, his abundance and blessing is not going to be found in somebody else's house. It's going to be found in your house. The God that I serve will test you so that you can understand him to be good. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There is goodness in God And and, and he's not going to ask you to give what's not yours. He's not going to ask you to devote what's not yours. He's asking for your heart's affection. He's asking for your heart's devotion. He's asking you to blindly trust him and connect your life to his always. God blesses people who are faithful and put him first, not in what you're going to have, not in what you're going to do, but your, <laughs> your ugly present, like the 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 real right now, God, God really blesses people who will say, look, I'm not gonna wait till all conditions are perfect. All conditions don't have to be perfect for me to trust in God. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Almost ready is ready. Trust in God right where you are, right with what you've got, even though it will surely look like it's not enough, that it's not needed, that it's not wanted. Many people don't serve because you think you have gotta get your life right to be some kind of super qualified help to somebody else. That is wrong. You don't get good to get God, you get God to get good. It's so simple. And so the Bible tells us the flower, because she trusted God, never left the, the widow's house and the oil never left the widow's house because God is more than enough and he is worthy to be trusted. The message paraphrase of the Bible says this about Matthew six thirty. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, Most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride. Take pride in you. He'll attend to you. Will he do his best for you? What I'm trying to do, listen. Listen. I just didn't put a quotation where I should. Let me read this out loud, okay? I don't have the message Bible memorized. pop out. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? The heart of God towards you is to support you as you trust him. But you cannot shrink back from trusting in God at the point of tension. The tension is where the testing is. The tension is where your faith muscle begins to grow. Listen, you don't have to approach God with doubt in your soul because he is good and his desire is to bless you and help you. How many things did you chase in 2022? How many different areas of life kind of pulled you, pulled your time? Pulled your heart, pulled your emotions. Did lust get a hold of you? Did, did 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 fear get a hold of you? Did any of that happen in your life? I'm calling you to a full commitment to Jesus today. You don't have to be perfect to do that. You don't have to present a resume to God. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm trusting you to lead me. Lord, I'm trusting you to guide me. It is essential for the church in these next 10 years really these next seven years to have an identity and a hope that's fully focused on Jesus. Anything that's causing your heart to divide needs to go. And, and, and it's, not, it's not something to assume that you're living a Jesus first life. It's something to speak to him and say it like this, Lord, I want to put you first in my life. Lord, I want you to guide my relationships. I want you to guide my conversations. I want you to guide the way that I set my priorities. I want you to guide my business. I want you to guide my management. I want you to guide my work. I want you to guide my actions, my activities. I want you to be Lord of my life. This is essential. And it's the heart of who we are. We love the Lord. We serve him. And we put Jesus first. Somebody say amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.